Hi, welcome to another episode of Consulting Trap. I'm the host, Brian Maddox. Uh, with me today is Danita Cummins from Cummins Consulting Group. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Danita, can you tell me a little bit more about uh, where you started with the Cummins Consulting Group and kind of where you're, where you're headed? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's been like a super long journey. Um, I've spent the last 27 years, um, give or take, working for the Department of Defense. I was active duty Air Force and then worked for about 10 years as a defense contractor and transferred over to the Army um, and spent uh, several years working for the Army. And I, I worked a lot in acquisitions and technology development, capable development. And so I decided after COVID, like a lot of people, you know, with all of the things that were happening, um, that I wanted to do something different. And it was a new season of my life. So I went and started a coaching and consulting business. So right now we work with business leaders, small business leaders and nonprofits and companies that work in the Department of Defense. And we help them do organizational growth um, and, and scaling their organization. So so um, when you say Department of Defense, um, the very first thing that I think of is working with like the juggernaut aspect of <laughs> the U.S. government. And in some so many ways. Um, you know, working with the government, you have uh, just a ton more um, documented processes to follow, at least in theory. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'd love to hear um, how, um, what, like, what are the things that that a lot of small businesses uh, get wrong or get confused about when it comes to uh, trying to get into that space? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's like, I think you probably could have like a doctorate degree, right, in government processes. And it is super complicated, you know, just the defense budget, right? So Congress has to appropriate a bill, which is a whole process. And that's where the money comes from. Um, and it's got all these colors and it's got all of these different years and it's valid and it's not valid. And so just the money aspect of working with the, the government is super complicated because in the industry, you have money and it's <laughs> real money and it doesn't expire, right? Like right. my checking account is my checking account. So I think that's the biggest nuance is like getting into the DOD. If you don't know that, you're like, what are all these different colors of money and pots of money? And then they're appropriated by Congress. So you can only spend them on certain things. And so that will obviously get you in trouble if you spend it on the wrong thing. Um, so that's one piece, I think, of defense contracting that's that 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 small businesses or industry has to learn. And, and that's that's a whole process. Um the other thing I think that really is the defense acquisition system, because there are all of these federal acquisition regulations, there are all of these DOD regulations. And so it is, it's a lot, it's, you know, there are volumes of books that tell you, you can, or you can't do this. And it's a lot of, it's a lot of contract legal language, right? So it's clauses and titles and things in the US. Subsections. Code. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And so if you don't if you don't know that or if you don't have like a legal team that you can say what does this far clause 1.2.7 mean then it's really um scary it's for lack of you know it's really intimidating to say oh i'm going to go apply to work you know for the federal government because as soon as you do there's this massive list of clauses that you have to certify that your company meets or doesn't meet so um i think those are the probably the two biggest things that right off the bat are really hard um, I think the third thing too, that I don't think a lot of small businesses really understand is the government is a target market, right? Like the defense industrial base is a market and it's nuanced. 
and it has a culture and it has biases and it has needs <laughs> and strengths and weaknesses. And approaching it from that perspective, I think some small businesses don't really, you know, when they go to market themselves to the government, um, you have to understand all those factors, you know, for you to be able to be um, considered, a, you know, a value, a valuable asset. And I think I think they miss that sometimes. They don't consider the government like that. But it's it is fair to say um, uh, that the government is actively looking for small businesses to work with. Is that right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a percentage of work that the government has to give to small businesses. So the Small Business Administration oversees that small business program for the federal government. And then each one of the agencies, you know, like the Department of Defense, the Department of Energy, the Department of Commerce, you know, they're all different departments. They all have certain um, work share percentages that they have to give to small businesses. And then there are a lot of incentive programs that the government um, gives funding to small businesses, and they will apportion a a percentage of contracts just to small businesses. They're called small business set-asides. So they do try to, you know, give a certain work share to small businesses. So in your practice, you're helping small businesses navigate what sounds to be like this almost mysterious set of, <laughs> of contracts and craziness. Um, does that, um, uh, do you have, that is a, a probably a horrible question. Do you have small business owners just check out on that? There's like, yeah, this looks great and there's money there, but yeah, no. Yeah, that's fair. I've worked with some clients and they, they come and they're like, I want to work for, with the government, but I don't know how, you know, that's kind of where we start. So we start all the way with like, I don't know how to do this. I want to you know, all the way to the other side of the spectrum with companies that have active contracts and, you know, and they're, they're, they're off and running. Um, but yeah, it, it is when you bring the whole thing to the table, it's very, um, it's very easy and fair for a small business owner to be like, well, that's, that's not, never mind. I changed my mind. I try to, I, I hate to create, um, chaos. I hate to create chaos as a leader. I feel like I hate it when someone throws a ball at me and says, catch this. Cause you're like, my hands are full. So come on. And so we were playing catch, not dodgeball. That's right. Yeah. 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 And and you know, it's like I'm a mom, so I say it's like um carrying in the groceries, you know, when you like groceries for us at our house was always a big deal. Like when I went to the store, I got the groceries, I managed the budget. Somebody better get up off the couch and help me carry these groceries. And I feel like that at work sometimes, you know, it's your your hands are full and someone throws you something, it's you know. I hate it. Um, so what I try to do in my, my business is I try to simplify that process as much as I can and give it to the small business owners in, you know, I, I built out like a framework, a pipeline. Um, I say, hey, here are the five steps. <laughs> Don't worry. Each one of them is super complicated. But let's just start here. And I built a roadmap that I that I sit down with them and I teach them at a high level. These are the things. Uh, and I try to get them, you know, so that it's not so overwhelming to them so they don't. They don't think they can't do it. So how is that parlaying to where you're moving your business to? It sounds like, um, you know, that process of navigating complexity and, you know, helping trying to turn that into simplicity um, uh, must inform where you're headed. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so tell me a little bit more. That's good. I love that. I should write that down. 
Um, I was actually at a at a meeting this weekend with a potential nonprofit that's starting, and it's the same thing. It's it's like I I want to take the knowledge that I have and my ability to take large systems and break them down into smaller processes. Um, very much that reverse systems engineering, you know, systems thinking approach, because that's just how my mind works uh, and where I've worked for the last 20 some years, you know, lots of inputs and outputs and variables and measuring. And so I've been trained, I say, by a bunch of engineers. I'm not an engineer, but, you know, I worked with them. And so I have that framework. And when I see things, I try to process or systematize it. And I, I think that small business owners, um, either on the private, you know, for profit or nonprofit, um, that's not something that people inherently know. And so trying to take that and those resources and help a business owner see that, you know, you don't have to work for the Department of Defense and get government contracts to still be able to scale your organization, right? To build an organizational framework that's agile, that helps you move and shift based on culture, market, industry, recession, like whatever's happening, right? Um, and I see a lot of small business owners and maybe larger ones too, if we're honest, when we look at like post-COVID and some of the companies that maybe didn't make it, those companies that decided to stay agile and flexible and say, hey, I really don't need all of these resources. I really can scale down in terms of location or embracing a virtual work balance. You know, there was a lot of opportunities for companies to still thrive in a very complicated, very difficult environment. And so I think those models translate across industry, right? And how how do I take that and help small to medium-sized businesses and nonprofits embrace that and learn that so that they can still make a difference? It's uh it's interesting because the the thing that I think about right away when it, when you talk about that is like the long sales cycle time mm. uh involved in in the military or in, involved in working with the Department of Defense. Um, there's a lot of small business owners out there that are delivering services that have a long sales cycle time, but don't necessarily understand what that is, right? Yeah. They'll say, well, it takes us, you know, a year and a half to get our client on average, but they don't know what the major milestones are. They just kind of mm-hmm. start the timer and then what, right? Right. So it sounds like um, some of that, some of that, you know, processing all of that complexity um, would inform how you would like redesign sales cycles, redesign, uh, you know, those engagement points along the way in the business. When um, when you start those conversations, uh, though, nobody is looking to boil the ocean. Nobody's like, oh, can you come redesign the entire business? How okay. do you get started? Where do you, where do you like pick up the the first stone to start building the uh, the new business? Yeah, that's good. I think well, on the Defense contracting side, right? So we're saying, hey, we have a, com- a company who's decided that they want to work for the DOD and they want to come into this market. Um, most of them simply say, like you said, they said, I want to work for the government. That's all they know. And they know there's a resource pool there or they really are passionate about the mission, right? They really do believe that their product or service is something that the warfighter can use. And so they they want to bring that in. Um, and so I talk to them candidly just about like strategic planning and saying, hey, there's an opportunity for you to do this, sure, but do you understand the impact? And it's a long game. And that's what I tell people like that, you know, and, and to your point, the the time it takes, you know, from left of launch, like from concept all the way through fielding and deployment, that can be a long time. And so it's a candid conversation, I think, with a lot of business owners. And I ask them, are you, are you willing to stay in the game? Because it's a long game. 
Um, and then there's all of the normal things that you look at on the, you know, on the for-profit side, there's marketing and there's strategic communications and there's strategic engagement sessions. And all that takes money and time for the company up front. And there's no guarantee of a contract, you know, return um, on that. On There's no ROI. So it's a risk, I think, that especially really small companies have to be very candid, you know, and ask themselves, is this something that I want to do? Um, it's it's possible. It's definitely possible. The DoD is always looking for new technologies and always looking for, you know, new innovative ideas. Um, they can even prototype processes, which is really cool. So it's not just prototyping like a system. You can actually come in and say, hey, we want to take this new framework and we want to prototype it. And you can do that as a as a certain kind of prototype contract. And then you come out the other end with a deliverable, you know. Um, and so there's a lot of different ways to to for small industry to make a difference. Um, but it, they have to be willing to kind of, you know, stay in it for the long game. Which means you have to have a lot of financial runway to even consider the conversation, right? You need to have a meaningful operating costs, you know, sort of handled before the first check gets into your account. Yeah, it'll be a while. That's for sure. You don't, yeah, you won't get invoiced and the government won't pay you, you know, for a while after the work is done. Um, there's some different ways, you know, like they've got phased funding and different phased approaches and um, that, that kind of stuff. But it's really, I think for a small business who's never worked with the DOD, um, the best place to start is, you know, it's kind of, um, they can come in and team and partner just like B2B relationships, right? you should definitely leverage those. And that's that crawl, walk, run. So if I'm a small business and I have a really great product and it's like one thing that I do really well, I develop a widget. I developed a really cool software, you know, program or algorithm or something. But I don't have a lot of the other stuff because my company is really small. Then the best venture or best opportunity for me is to find another company and partner with them, right? And so then we build these teaming agreements. And then when the contracts come out, the government releases a solicitation, then the team comes in and says, hey, I'm going to do this part. You're going to do this part. Joe's going to do this part. And together we come in, you know, and we we make a bid that way. So you buy down risk for the company. You don't have to do it all. And you're creating partnerships, you know, in 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 this space, in the defense ecosystem. So. And in the place that you're going with the nonprofits and things like that, um, you know, how does that translate, right? How does that um, that that complicated sales cycle um, turn into, you know, guidance in the nonprofit and small business space for non-DOD related work? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think, you know, nonprofits, there's a lot of grants. So it's very much a similar, you know, solicitations look a little different, language and things, the clauses are different. Um, but the federal government does release a lot of grants, even at the state level. So there's an opportunity to kind of apply that same model. Um, I think being a nonprofit, I've had a nonprofit. I started a nonprofit in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sit on a board of directors for another nonprofit that we just, we just got, um, started. And that's just such a different nuance in terms of funding and, and, you know, donors and leadership and growing an organization. Um, so I think. It's not, you know, it's definitely not um, completely transferable, you know, like saying that a nonprofit is like a for-profit or government is like that's ignorance. But um, I think some of those foundational things still work together. How do you navigate proposals and funding and grants and that kind of stuff? Um, 
I think on the small business and the nonprofit side on the organizational growth and leadership, it's just really helping break things down into smaller chunks. So taking again, systems like marketing and sales funnels are, that's kind of a complicated thing, you know, building a production pipeline. That's, that's a pretty complicated thing, depending upon what you're releasing. Uh, so trying to take some of those same models and then offer them to small businesses and nonprofits and, and help them develop a framework that, that is agile and makes sense for them. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> so, um, so who should reach out? Who should be the kind of person that would uh, profit from a conversation with you and how should they get hold of you? Oh, I'll, I think um, I love to work with small businesses or anyone that's in the DOD um, space or is looking to move into the DOD space. So I'd love to have that conversation again. Um, just trying to share insider perspective, I think is always a great coffee conversation just to share. Um, so anyone who's asking those questions like, hey, I think I'd want to work for the DOD. What does that look like? Be happy to have that conversation and talk with them. Um, also, anyone who has a small business or is in, in the nonprofit and they're looking to, hey, I think I want to start a nonprofit or small business or I've got one and I don't know how to scale it. So those are really kind of the three you know, key people that I like like to have a conversation with the best. I think um, I can maybe help them, you know, the value uh, from those three, three kind of people. So, um, and how should they reach out? They should reach out. We have a Cummins Consulting group. Uh, we have our website. It's www.cumminsconsulting.org. So they can find us on there. And then um, I'm Denny to Cummins and I'm on all the socials. So they can find me either way. Awesome. And uh, last question uh, before yeah. we leave. Um, along your journey, you picked up three or four or a dozen or multiple dozen good, um, <laughs> uh, amazing things along the way. Uh, but if you could share three of those with our listeners, that would be awesome. Three things. Okay. I think the number one thing I've picked up in my life journey is um, failure is your greatest teacher. That's the thing I've learned. Um, so don't look at a situation as something that is like, it's not always go, no go. There's always a spectrum. So um, there's always an opportunity to learn from your failures. That's the number one. Number two is you have to get back up because life is hard and you will fall down. Uh, and so just keep showing up every day because you matter and what you have to offer the world matters. And so make sure you do that, even if it's hard. And then the third thing that I've learned is um, like I say relationships. I don't like to use the word networking because sometimes it has like a, a weird connotation, but relationships matter. Like we're not made to live in the world alone. And so my greatest um, catalyst for change and growth has been the mentors in my life that have spoken into my, you know, my value can see me outside myself. They tell me who I can be versus who I think I am. So just, just finding a group of people that can be honest and real and authentic with you. Um, that is life changing. So those are the three. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well done. Um, so Danita, thank you again for coming on our show. I really appreciate your time today. Um, and I uh, definitely want to hear more about your journey as you make progress. Thank you very much. It was super exciting. Thanks for everything. It was, it was great. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at p 
P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.